0: Hello and welcome to On Mike with Jordan Rich. This is officially our first 2020 podcast. We've recorded many in 2019 for airing this month, but uh, I'm so excited to welcome the guest we have today. Before we get to that, how do you reach me? Email jordan at chartproductions.com. On Twitter, it's at jordanwbz, where I still work on a regular basis. And also, you can go to our Facebook page, Jordan Rich Show. This podcast available, of course, on all platforms, a growing audience worldwide. Do tell your friends. Today's guest is a terrific actress with dozens and dozens and dozens of credits, both television and film. She's perhaps best known for her role as Mary, the mom, in the 1982 film E.T. the Extraterrestrial, which at the time was the biggest moneymaker in Hollywood history. She's also starred in many, many other films, including a lot of horror films. Yes, she is the scream queen. I'm talking about... Dee Wallace. Dee is also a public speaker and self-help author. She's written several books, has helped people all over the world, and she's got a remarkable daughter that we'll also talk about. So without any further ado, let's go on mic with D. Wallace. You have an amazing amount of credits. Have you ever added them all up? Uh, is it possible to add them all up?
1: <laughs> I haven't, but my, my publicist called me a little over a month ago and said, Dee, do you know you have just surpassed 200 film credits and i went what (laughs) how old am i Uh, well so i i i didn't know i don't think actors really ever track that kind of stuff but i was I was proud, and I was pleasantly surprised to see the body of my work reach that. That's an, sure.
0: that's an incredible number. And, of course, I'm I'm such an old coot. I think of people like, I don't know if you know this name, J. Carol Nash from the oh, old days of, of Hollywood. Oh, good. Thank you. I'm not alone. People like that who appeared in everything, usually as characters. But you're an actress who's had leads for many of your career. I mean, you're, you're not just showing up in the background. You're there. Quite an accomplishment. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you, so
0: appreciative. You have been working with so many interesting people in your career, from Rob Zombie to Steven Spielberg, but tell us a little bit about how it all started for d wallace What was the first big break?
1: Uh, I was born.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good start. Um,
1: you know I guess my if if we jump past my childhood and and the training I had um in Kansas City and watching my mother act uh which is really why I wanted to do this in the first place what i i think what i would consider my first major break um is a religious film called All the King's Horses uh that i did with Grant Goodeve and i played a battered wife in it mm. and um I I was so proud of my work in it and I it was at the very beginning when I first had gotten out to California and I well back then you know we didn't have DVDs and all that stuff so my my director of of this film was kind enough to fly out with the film reels wow so that I could invite ten different agencies to this small screening room and show this film
0: that's a that's a and nice everybody tribute.
1: laughed at me and said they're going to laugh you out of the town d you can't show agents a religious film well i did and nine of them wanted to sign me and that was the beginning um, and the next break would have to be lou grant my guest star Roland Lou Grant, which um they saw and brought me in for the movie 10, and mm. I booked that.
0: I just spoke with Ed Asner the other day. He's 90 years old. Going still, strong. Still and working. And he is an old coot and a great guy. And I was looking at your IMDb, which is lots of reading, and <laughs> so many shows from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and beyond. And and Lou Grant is a great one. You're from Kansas, correct?
1: I am actually Ed and I went to the same high school. He was a little ahead of me, right? But we gradu- both graduated not High School.
0: Wow, there's something about uh, Kansas or the Midwest and and actors that sort of resound in, in in the world of Hollywood. I mean, there's a lot of there were a lot of stock players who come come out of the Midwest. What is it about the Midwest and the appeal of people from where you're come from?
1: You know, I think we're real. I think we're real, and and um, we bring a, a work ethic and integrity mm-hmm. to our work. Um, but Midwesterners are are just raised to be real and honest and um, open-hearted, and that really transfers on onto the film.
0: I think it does, and particularly in a case like you, in your career, you've played so many strong female characters, women protecting their children. I'm thinking, of course, of the big one, but so many other roles. And uh, I don't want to say you're a typecast or anything, but uh, you fit that role very comfortably, it seems.
1: Uh, yeah, I I seem to attract the roles of mothers helping their children, defending their children, protecting their children. Um, and it really does... That, doesn't surprise me so much because of my own childhood um i grew up with a wonderfully creative father who was a severe alcoholic uh who ended up committing suicide when i was a senior in high school and my mother was very strong really kind of raised us on her own um made made the living um took us to church Got us our lessons. I don't know how she did all of that because she was a secretary. Uh, We lived with my grandparents most of the time, and my paternal grandmother uh, helped raise me. And um, so I had a lot of really, really strong female maternal characters in my life. So I'm comfortable in that role because I have so much experience from both sides Now, Um, you know i lost my husband um very early he was not even 55 and he was the the christopher stone the father of gabrielle my daughter right and so i moved into that role myself uh in my own life and it's it's just kind of a theme that i've explored personally
0: and professionally. definitely want to talk about your daughter, and she's prolific and doing a lot of really creative things, and there are so many mother-daughter combinations. Yours is high on the list, but I I want to go back uh, a bit to what you were saying. You lost your husband, and that does mold and shape your life from then on, no matter what. I I lost my wife, my first wife, uh, and she was only in her mid-50s as well, and it does set you off. Let's jump ahead a little bit. I will come back to the movies in a second. Talk about your work as a healer, as somebody who professes a good philosophy about love and self-love. Was that born out of your loss, or has that always been something that you've been focused on? I
1: think that was born into my heart, and I think it's born into all our hearts. Uh, and then life happens, and we either hold on to that truth or, or we don't. And the more you hold on to that power of love, uh, the more you continually to create it in your life. Uh, It's the most important thing I teach. And, you know, when we're little, we're often taught that's blasphemous. You know, you shouldn't love yourself. You should love everybody else. Um, And yet the good book says, love your neighbor as yourself, except there's no guidance into how to love yourself. (laughs) You know, so it's, uh, it becomes perplexing, especially when you begin to be socialized because when babies come in, you know, I want this, I want to go there. I want this now. I, you know, I feel this. I, they know, they know their power. And then we socialize ourselves and them and say, okay, uh, Sit down, shut up, don't be too loud, give your toy away, get out of the sandbox. Johnny, Johnny wants to get in. And then we wonder why we start living lives as adults, putting ourselves on the back burner hmm. and not following through on our dreams.
0: You've been helping people, though, a lot as a healer. You've been doing this for a while. You've been giving back, which must make you feel good.
1: It makes me feel great, and it's, it feeds me. You know, I get as yeah. much from it. As I give absolutely
0: it's it's cool to think that the lady who stars in Rob Zombies' Three from Hell <laughs> is also the lady who's helping people internationally find love in their hearts. That's the thing about being an actress, right? I mean it is just play, it's not you, it's somebody else, but it's so much fun to be in that role and then step out of it. I would imagine
1: oh yeah, for sure, and i I laugh about it all the time i you know spend half of my life um doing horror films and, (laughs) and and taking people into fear and the other half of my life teaching people how to be on top of their fear so that they don't have to experience it anymore. And it's interesting how the two worlds um, collide and work together because, you know, in my acting work I study fear all the time Mm. and in my healing work I know that the, biggest monster, if you will, that we're in fear of and running away from is
0: ourselves. You couldn't be more... That's perfect. You couldn't have said it any better. Um, Thank you. Let's talk about your daughter since we raised the issue and you raised her. Gabrielle Stone, she's an actress and an author. What has she written?
1: And a director. And a director. Uh, Yes, she has a, a book out that's doing so well. It's so much fun to read, and it's helping so many people that have ever been abused, used, abandoned by somebody else. It's called Eat, Pray, Hashtag, FML. And Mm. just go on Amazon and read the reviews and read what it's about. It'll be enough for you to order it. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's, uh, for a new author, one of their bestsellers.
0: So what pretty
1: exciting for us.
0: Have you had a chance to work with her in a production, um, on stage, yeah, or she, on screen? She,
1: oh, yeah, yeah. Um, we've acted together in a couple of films, and she just directed me in her uh, short film After Emma, which was quite interesting uh, and very brilliant. Um, I was nervous, you know, because I was nervous that I was going to do well for her, and I played a lawyer, which is a little out of my, you know, movie scheme yeah. life. And um, she wanted this one part to really go fast and build and, you know, and I, I, it was all legalese, and I couldn't get it, and I was getting so frustrated. And so I hear from around the corner where she's watching the monitor, she says, all right, Wallace, take a breath. <laughs> You're fine. You've got this. So she got me laughing, which, interestingly enough, I used to teach her in acting class. I would teach my actors that if you ever get frustrated and you can't get the words out, just start laughing because then it will allow you to break through of your resistance.
0: And breathe. So
1: that's what she did, and she (laughs) used it on me, and the next take was perfect.
0: And the child shall direct, or lead in this case, or direct. Wow, that's such a great story. And I I know what you're saying about laughter, because breath is used when you laugh, when belly laugh especially. That's terrific. You're aerating throughout your whole body. What a great idea. What a great idea. Before we talk about uh, one particular film, you have had so many awards. You appear at conventions. Some would call you one of the queens of geekdom. I'm one of those geeks. (laughs) Because,
1: That's a new one. I've never heard that. Well, I because like
0: that. science fiction fans are sweet and lovely, harmless people. But you know, we and I consider myself one. We fall into a, a different kind of category. But is that fun hanging out with people at these conventions? Oh and- my God,
1: I love my fans. I love. I. They're like family to me. I love their stories. I. I love to hug them. Um. I. 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 I, I don't think there are any fans better than the sci-fi horror fans i really don't and they're they're just so full of love and so full of giving back uh i remember this one time this guy walked up to me and he had tats everywhere Hmm. in his ears he had piercings everywhere and i'm going omg right (laughs) just reacting from the look and he came up to me and he says miss wallace I do all of this charity work for abused children and children in need. Uh, it's what I spend about half of my year uh, doing. And I'm wondering if you would be willing to donate a picture. I uh, looked at him and I said, honey, you take everything on the table you want at all times. But that's what I mean. You know, they're just, they're respectful, they're honoring, they, they, are educated about horror and the history of horror, and, and they're just kind and wonderful people, and I love them.
0: Were you, as a young lady, at all a fan of, say, the universal horror movies from the, from the 30s? Did, did no. You, no? Nope.
1: I was scared to death. <laughs> when I was little, I was not allowed. It's what makes me a good actress, but I was not allowed to watch anything scary, Interesting. anything. Because I would not be able to sleep. I would wake up with, you know, nightmares. I was mm-hmm. sure monsters were at the back of my closet. And one night, my elder brother was babysitting, and he let me watch Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. And my mom made him let me sleep with him for a month <laughs> because I was so. So uh, now, of course, I mean, as I got older, of course, I could appreciate the classics when I was little oh my gosh i uh, I couldn't even watch old Yeller I would be beside myself oh yes, yes. I just feel everything see yeah. I just feel everything which is Probably why it's a good thing I became an actor. (laughs) You
0: certainly did, and you've you've been around more buckets of blood than most people in a lifetime. Fake blood, that is. Yeah, let uh, me tell you,
1: just do one Rob Zombie film. You've got as much blood as you need for a career.
0: I know. So here's my E.T. story. Everyone loves the film. It's a fairy tale of great import. I saw it a couple of years ago again for the 90th time, only this time I saw it outside at Tanglewood in Massachusetts with the Boston Pops Orchestra supplying the live, soundtrack. And oh,
1: isn't it amazing?
0: It gets better with age. It's like a fine wine. But uh, talk yeah. a little bit, just a little bit with me about uh, how you got the role, what it was like working with Spielberg, and of course the kids. That was that was the magic right there, that chemistry.
1: Oh, well, they're the film, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I had auditioned for a film called Used Cars. And fortunately, Steven works very far ahead and when he saw me, he went, that's the energy I want for the mom in E.T. Hmm. So when E.T. came along, they called and offered me the role. It's kind of a Hollywood story. That
0: is a Hollywood story. Wow.
1: Um, and, of course, working with Steven, he's a genius. Um, but he's, he's such a genius that um, he knows and zeroes in how to work with individual actors. You know, when you're working with kids, you've got to keep everything really in the moment and alive. And so he would feed them lines that they didn't know were coming, and so I didn't know they were coming. But with the technique that I work with, I love working that way. I love being surprised, right? Mm. Because then everything that happens on film, is just new and in the moment and real. So, when I heard penis breath, <laughs> you know, I that was a totally
0: oh, that's funny.
1: real moment there. Whereas you know, sometimes if you work on things like that, your mind gets involved and you go, well, I'm the mom and I probably should be more stern about it, but it was just mm. it was a perfect moment that happened. You know, and I, that's what I live for on any of the
0: shows I do. Cool to watch it, and particularly the reaction shots. Towards the end of the film, when the the alien's about to take off, and it's so emotional, they pan to everybody, and they certainly pan to you. And I I always wondered, are you uh, emoting for a a while, take after take after take, in a scene like that? Because they come full face on you, and that Face of the mother just tearing up is great, but how arduous is it to get the t- to get the shot?
1: Well, let me tell you how we got that scene. I had been sitting on the set for about three weeks, mm-hmm. doing nothing, and we were getting ready to break for lunch. And all of a sudden, the AD comes in and goes, "D, hurry up! We need you for this scene." I went while we're w- running to the set. I went, "Okay, what scene are we doing?" <laughs> Well, it's a scene where at the end, you know, E.T. takes off in the spacecraft. And and so by then we're at the set, and Stephen goes, okay. So this is what happens, and, and it's almost lunchtime, and we've got to get this shot. So E.T. has gone back into the spacecraft, and it's taken off. And this is the the scene where you... Watch the spacecraft take off, and it turns into a rainbow. All right, let's roll it.
0: (laughs) That's movie making, though, right? People don't know it's it's totally out of sequence most of the time, and that's the sign of an actor. So your training and your work for all those years prior obviously allowed you to just jump right in and do it. no! uh...
1: Yeah, that's the technique. I thank God for the technique that Charles Conrad taught me, um, which is. You just get there. You get your energy up. You're in the char- in the moment, and you literally become the character. So really, with my technique, the less you think, the better you are.
0: I love that. It's like the old Spencer Tracy line, just know your lines and don't bump into the furniture, you know? Yep. <laughs> I love that. Yep. Before we let you go, and you've been so sweet to spend some time with me, talk a little bit about what you do as speaker, author, and healer, and how people can reach you on the web.
1: My... Um, Website is IamDWallace.com. dot uh, I teach people to accept responsibility for their lives. I teach them uh, that all everything is energy. Energy has to have a direction, and you get to choose. You're the power that chooses what direction you want that energy to go. That's you in your life. So uh, and to love yourself, to love yourself first. And love yourself most because when we love ourselves, we literally cannot do anything but love other people because Mm -hmm. it goes against
0: us. You know, as you say this, I'm reminded of my 10th grade English teacher who was also my director in theater, and he would preach the same kind of thing. And at uh, kids in school and teachers might have thought, oh, he's teaching us to be ego maniacs. No, just the opposite. He, yep. said, he said, put your house in order and love what you do, love who you are, and then you can love others. It, lucky
1: you I, that you got very that lucky. teacher. Very
0: lucky. Boy, indeed.
1: you said it, because I've repaired, I have helped a lot of people repair themselves from teachers not so consciously involved.
0: It is so nice to meet you. Uh, I'm a big fan. I am one of those science fiction fans as well (laughs) as a fan of all the other kinds of uh, important work you do. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And and as we were setting this up, you got a call from some studio and we had to reschedule. And I said, that's great. That means you're in demand, right?
1: I am. It's been a very busy year. I've got two films uh, booked for January already. And, um, yeah, I'm very blessed, very thankful, and I work hard to create what I want.
0: Well, we are the benefits of that, we in the audience. Thank oh, you so thank much. You.
1: Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Dee Wallace, noted actress, public speaker, self-help author, and dynamite lady. Thank you so much for appearing on the podcast. On Mike with Jordan Rich has been getting some great ratings, and we appreciate any time you give us a, a review. That really helps to spread the word and build the algorithms as they say. So I want to say thank you to you. Have a terrific 2020. I know we're going to have a lot of fun here in the podcast this year with some amazing people because the art of conversation is alive and well right here, guaranteed. This is Jordan Rich. Until next time, be well so you can do good.